Welcome to the Too Posh Podcast. I am Gabrielle. I am a former New York Mafia princess, originally from Austria. I am the mother of three and the owner of Too Posh Boutique. And here with my beautiful co-host, Marcella, my daughter. Hello, I'm Marcella. I'm a dancer, choreographer, model, and designer for Too Posh. And I say whatever the f- I want. My name is Bernie Diamond, and I am the most interesting one-armed Hispanic <laughs> French bulldog lover in this room. I am Polly. I am a certified sexual health consultant and educator, former professional dominatrix, currently working at the largest adult novelty store in the Texas Panhandle. What will they say next? Welcome to the Two Posh Podcast. So did you guys all meet, did you, did everybody know each other before making this documentary or did how did all of that come to be (laughs) Kelly's story now (laughs) all right so well I knew Sean um probably since the early 90s we he had a partner back then and we worked at the same bar together Mm -hmm. um so I've known Sean for about 25 years I met Steve when I met Sean again a couple of years ago and Tammy I've grown up with since I was 13 I went to school with her younger sister and I've known Craig for some time up in the Sioux. So bringing the two from the Sioux down here to meet Sean and Steve was the big pulling off the team coming together, I guess. Okay. Did uh, Tammy and Craig, have you done movies, documentaries before? Produced? I have worked in television news for about uh, 40 years. Oh, wow. Um, so I've done, uh, obviously, interviews and news items and stuff like that. I've never done a full length uh, documentary. That was kind of a new experience for me. And I was previously married to a dairy farmer. I grew up in the country. <laughs> a what? A, a dairy daughter. farmer. A dairy farmer. Wow. I and I have five daughters. I yeah, met five Craig. daughters. Yes. Ooh. And I met Craig through another person. He had an internet site at the time that he was working for. And originally, it was in radio format, but when they went to TV format, I got pulled from the kitchen of the farm <laughs> and started interviewing. Craig and I have worked together prior to the documentary for about 14, 15 years. Something like that. Yeah. So I've been working in media in the Sioux with Craig that many years. And then, of course, knowing Billy and having this incredible opportunity, I was um, never done a documentary before, but interviewing was part of my job when I was with Craig and that is absolutely one of my two loves and to have the opportunity to interview Sean and be involved in this documentary has been the most incredible experience and learning about Sean's story to this day has really touched me for many reasons but being a mother and Mm. hearing about internet dating and um, knowing that I have five daughters out there and myself. I've been single for 11 years. It haunts me and it makes me worry about my daughters. You know, you, yes. you don't know. John didn't know he was going to be MacArthur. Of course so not. It's been a really um, important story to be told. And it's affected me in, in many ways. Mm. Um, and my heart that I have, you know, for Sean and how I feel about him, it will never go away. And I just feel really honored that Sean and I, you know, to interview somebody, especially for a documentary, you have to click and you have to know 
Sean has to know he can trust that individual that's interviewing him. So I'm really grateful that he felt that way. And I felt very comfortable with him as well. So it's been a real incredible experience. And my passion for this documentary is far beyond what I can explain. And I'm grateful for it, for Billy asking me and to be involved in such an incredible story. I can see why you would feel so comfortable with him. He's <laughs> so kind and you can just feel it. Like, I, I wish you guys were here so we could I be know. in person. And I've, I've said... The weather's I'm, too cold down yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> but um, I, I... So, quite, Billy, keep telling us more about how... So, you, this sure. is how you pulled the team together. Yeah, so... And then, um, I guess the biggest thing was because... I had talked with Sean and Steve a couple of times and we had laid out the parameters of what he wanted the doc to look like. And Sean was very big on the victims must be remembered at all times. That was huge. Mm -hmm. And just certain things, you know, it's changed a lot in the last couple of years. Healing has taken place. Maybe we've stressed him out a few and set him back on earth, other things, but for the most part it's been forward. And, um, you know, just certain things about not even saying MacArthur's name. He didn't want that at first. And now we can, you know, it's, it's a little less traumatic, I think, after all of this time and putting it together. But um, <clears throat> making sure the connection was important, uh, was um, strong and clear and easily you're talking about a lot of really far out stuff. Let's be honest. So, mm -hmm, you know, yes. I didn't want Tammy coming in. I didn't want that person coming in judging or having preconceived notions. So it was important that I had a person with a really big heart and an open mind and not going to judge anybody mm -hmm. and set Sean back because, you know, we were friends for 25 years and how we met again, that back part of the story. Um, I had watched his interview on TV for about a year and a half. And, you know, I'm a gabber and I'm sitting there, whoever I was with, I'm like, that's the story that should be told. Oh, my God, that guy got away. And we were fascinated by Sean's story at the time. And um, I had my modem screwed up on my uh, Internet. So I had unplugged it one day and I was just looking out the window and my TV was a wall mount and I could only hear this voice. And I wasn't watching the picture and flapping my gums. So... I heard the voice and I thought, oh, that's Sean. And I stepped back right away. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks that that was Sean involved with the serial killer. And he was my roommate 25 years ago. And what had happened, I was on the crazier side of life back then. I guess we we're all a little younger. And um, <clears throat> I was running after hours, booze cans in Toronto. And uh, they had gone south. It got pretty crazy and pretty big. And I was uh, sleeping on the streets of Toronto for about three weeks. And first week was was okay it was early november but it was getting closer to the end of november it was getting chilly and i remember it was uh sean and his partner at the time that took me in and that kind of changed the course of my life because you know i could have landed on any couch at that point in time i was not too particular i remember <laughs> it was close to christmas because i didn't even think i was going to get you know indoors let alone a stocking or anything under the tree it was just Aww. kind of a really um Cool moment to look back on that. But what had happened is, you know, it kind of got me back on my feet. I left Toronto, went back to Sault Ste. Marie and stayed there for about six years for the birth of my niece. And uh, I never got to tell Sean the difference he made, you know. So when this happened, it all of a sudden went from zero to 100 for me to get a hold of him and tell him 
what you did for me back then. And that's been a part of his big message is don't waste that time because, you know, it took practically him to hide or a serial killer to prompt me telling him why you took me in off the streets and made a huge difference. And I think now, you know, 25 years later, I've gained some skills and turned my life around to the point where I think I can help you. And that's when I said, um, we had to get Tammy and Craig on board. And I called them first, seeing if they would commit. And then we got everyone to meet, I think about July 25th. And we started filming July 26th. It was wow. that. Instantly, we had four months to pull off the corporation, get our lawyer, you know, the investor, lockdown cedars. We had to get site licenses. We had interviews. You've seen the doc for Sean's friends. And we had to get all of the NDAs. All of that stuff had to be scheduled. And we did it in less than four months. Wow. And that is including two websites that Stephen, you know, so the kit that I signed on for kind of was sweeter because I had Tammy, who was an executive producer, Craig director, Stephen in music. Sean was you know, our subject, but also a great writer, a kindergarten teacher. Stephen, I found out, was a web designer and had his own IT company. He designed our website for iCogitate and the wasinext.com. He created those um, faster than it took me to come down from my house to get here, which is about <laughs> 10 minutes. Uh, so, you know, everyone came to the table with a whole bunch of skills. We had a really small crew to pull this off, and we wanted it small because, you know, that's Real a sensitive story. Yeah, and... And this is personal information that you don't want to trigger somebody up. So we kept it really tight, really intimate. And um, everyone came to the table and wore about three or four different hats. So I locked up. I had a really easy job. It's okay. So, I'm oh, Yes. There's, yeah, I mean, there's some hardships that came with this. Um, so we started filming July 26th. And Tammy and Craig came down. I think they were down about six, seven, eight times throughout that summer and fall. Cedars, you saw the big part over in Hamilton, but it was um, about three quarters of the way through filming. I got a call from Stephen, and he had told me that Sean was in the hospital, and it was instant, like within you know going to the grocery store and then coming back, and you were that sick. Like yeah. it was fast. What, what happened? I I saw that. Pneumonia. What happened? A bacterial pneumonia that went septic. Septic. What, oh. But were you sick before that? Like. Uh, no, I, I, you know, I stayed in bed for three days thinking I had the flu. And on the third day, I started to cough up blood and I called an ambulance. And then um, no one told me I was dying. They kept that from me. Uh, but uh, they, they, told, told me. they told Steve that I would not be coming home, most likely, what? and uh, to call my family. And, uh, and I didn't still clue in when all these people that I hadn't seen in a long time were showing up. And, <laughs> and then when I was on the in the past, the the one where the ward with where this, everyone's going to palliative care and I still wasn't I was like oh those people are really sick <laughs> oh my <laughs> you know, gosh I was, I, yeah, I, that, it was mentioned yeah the bacterial yeah. pneumonia went he went septic it got into his bloodstream and he went like he went demented he didn't know who anybody was he was like he was making no sense at all um, like I was the only person he recognized consistently, but I, that wasn't a good thing. Cause I was the one I was siding with the hospital and keeping him there when he wanted to go home. I ended up spending six weeks sleeping at that hospital in a chair. When I saw but, that, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh, what happened to him? I couldn't yeah, believe it. My organs start to shut down at one point. Yeah. Oh um, my goodness. <clears throat> they were going to put me in a medically induced coma, but then something inside me said, no, I know. I remember when <laughs> the first time I had seen Sean, 
it was about a week because he had gone in and I hadn't taken my meds for my HIV. I was a little compromised at the time. So I didn't want to go down risk. We didn't know what was wrong with him. So I remember when I crawled up on the bed and, you know, I kind of went like this and said, you got great hospital hair. And he went, oh, <laughs> and, and that laughter just hurt. And I thought, okay, I won't make him laugh. And <sighs> I meant he could barely talk. And Stephen said, you know, I don't know what direction this doc is going to take, Billy. Uh, it was that touch and go. And I went right down into his face and I said, like, you got this or not, you know, tell me now, no one's around. Like, what? Have, and he just went, yeah. And it didn't sound like a really good, yeah, but I went with his eyes because they locked on me. And I said to Tammy and Craig, they were down here filming. We had Catherine McDonald's interview the next day. The detectives was the day before that. So everything was right in the midst of scheduling and we had to keep going forward. So it was kind of rough on everybody. And then Craig, two days after they went back to the Sioux, couldn't, you know, have Sean do it all by himself. He had to join him and he had heart problems. And, you know, we lost a third of our crew in about two days. We were sitting and we didn't know where it was going to happen. Craig was in the hospital oh my and they gosh. had to put dents in and he was uh, a candidate for open heart surgery. I mean, it was pretty. Are you okay pretty- now, Craig? Oh, I'm fine now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> my gosh. I do not want to be known as the producer that put the crew in the hospital. <laughs> no I worked kidding. Hard. I, you know, but yeah, it was pretty scary for us for a while. Stephen, you know, held it together on this end. And we were just praying for everybody at that point in time. So I was wondering, um, as you were talking about this, um, was part of um, doing the documentary, I know some of the things that you had talked about in the beginning, like how you met... Bruce, is that his name, right? The killer person. Okay. I just want to make sure. Um, Is it to kind of spread awareness about what, you know, it's not just a normal average chat room that you're going into. And I only ask this because I have a girlfriend of mine who is very much into that sort of lifestyle to the point where I was telling her to actually contact Miss Polly about some safety things that I wanted to make sure she was doing because certain um, I understand that that lifestyle has its like pros and cons to it and that it's not like you said that he was aggressive at first, but that wasn't something to be questioned because of what you were going for. It's just an SM website. You've got to be wary of it's all web, all hookup sites because um, the thing with the a serial killer is that they're very adept liars. Yeah. <laughs> and so they can inject an image that they want to look at Ted Bundy. True. He, was, he looked like he was so preppy. And he was, uh, he was, a uh, he's no, no light walking park read either. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's all websites, but when you're, if anything, I know I, I ended up in the, in the weeds, but for the most part, and this is a, a broad swipe of giving a lot of people credit because there are, there's bad people in every type of lifestyle for sure, or, or people who don't do the right things. But for the most part, I find kinksters are more educated they follow they have the rules set out they know the yep. rules and they they abide by them most times yeah most well yeah. and that i just wanted to make sure she was safe and whatnot because i understood what she wanted to do and we had many conversations about it i just wanted her to be aware and i think stuff like this does help bring awareness not only to that um, choice of whatever kink you're into, but also all of the dating apps and what they are, because that is a real thing, you know, chat rooms and talking and yes, for young people, especially and 
every aspect of it. I get that point. But I think that you just have to be so careful. But I think it does help spread awareness in general well, also. Definitely. I'm taking this as a, as a catalyst uh, to promote internet safety uh, to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, with today's technology, there's no reason you can't not screenshot your, your, your person you're going to see and send it to someone who's, who you trust. Yeah. Because um, the problem in our Toronto's gay community, I can only speak to my truth, is there's a, quite a number of people who are judgmental, I will say. Mm-hmm. And um, they're up not to us. <laughs> not us. <laughs> but, but what ends up happening is it's the community that builds this unsafe environment for, for hookups on apps because no one wants to be that guy who, who hooked up this number of times. But the fact is, is that it happens. And if they're not comfortable enough to tell their friend where they're going because they don't want to be slut shamed, then um, there's something wrong with the way people are thinking. Well, you you said that you were really concerned that the internet could become a platform for anti-gay people to hunt. Oh, wow. That was just um, taking it to another level. Like um, now that it sort of, These these apps, a lot of them were known about, but they flew under the radar. Now I just like so many were promoting, not just the three I talked to him on, but a whole bunch of other ones and that other people met him on. And um, now they know where the pool is. Um, if if they were to target a if they had anti gay um, homophobic tendencies and they wanted to be violent or or do something nefarious, they now know where they can fish. Well, it's funny that you say that because there's a story in the news like yesterday yeah. about that exact thing, about somebody finding somebody on, an, on, a, on, a, on a dating app, inviting them over, and then attacking them. No way. Oh, my goodness. There's also the Craigslist killer um, back, in, uh, like, back when Craigslist existed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing about that. <clears throat> but it happens a lot, um, more than you would think. I mean, people are getting on Tinder and you meeting and there was a girl in Dallas that was young and the guy burned her alive. Like, I mean, in Grapevine, Texas, which is not far from where we are, but I think she met him one time and everybody said that he was just normal um, or nobody saw any signs of that. So it's yeah. very scary. Yeah. It's, um, I don't think that it has anything to do with the apps and stuff necessarily. Right. You meet people like, you know, you could, you could be mowed down by some serial killer at, at, at a church picnic. Like, I mean, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's really not, it, it, it's, it, there was a lot of misunderstanding, I think, out there about Sean meeting up somebody for sex. And that was sort of the reason why he got attacked, right? You mm-hmm. know, and, and, and I, don't, I don't think that that had anything to do with it. It was, it, you know, the, the, the serial killer looked for gay men. So that's why being a gay man made, you know, like was made him, it, it wasn't him being gay or being sexually active didn't really have anything to do with the fact that he was being, that he got attacked. Like, right. I mean, you know, if the serial killer was looking for gay men to have sex with, so that's why he got, you know, I mean, it, it had nothing to do with, with, with him or the lifestyle or the choices or anything like that. Right. But people mis- mistake that a lot. Mm-hmm. But I can't say that it will pass up the opportunity to help preach about safer choices. Hashtag tell somebody. Tell somebody. Yeah. Hashtag tell somebody. Uh, I, definitely. I loved the part of talking oh, awareness out about being safe. Sean has talked about this before, and I'm grateful for it. 
making sure that there's awareness of what to do when you do go out on a date. And I myself didn't think about some things that Sean mentioned. And I'm trying to teach my children as well. Like he said, you know, take a picture. Um, it doesn't matter if you're straight or gay or who you are. It's like the same rules mm-hmm. being enforced for everybody. Take a picture. Let somebody know. Let them know where the location is. Just be aware of um, hoping. Be aware of the person that you're with, but mm-hmm. making sure you tell somebody. And I'm really proud of Sean for wanting to do that mm-hmm. through our documentary and through this type of um, forum is to let people know that there are safety ways to be safe when you go out on a date. Mm-hmm. Very important. Yeah. Very, very, yeah. very important. Um, the part of the documentary that touched me so much, so many parts, did, but the one that I really, really loved was the uh, illumination night at um, Cedars Park. Is that is that yeah. yeah well that is a gay and lesbian park correct and you guys yeah, had this yeah. you do there's a is that every saturday night and then they did a special one for you correct no honey that was just for a labor day weekend every year it's an annual event they oh, have illumination okay and it's the saturday night of the labor day weekend the saturday night of the labor day okay i misunderstood yeah, that every labor day is illumination that saturday but it was so beautiful it was, to it see started that. during the AIDS crisis yeah. to, to, um, to remember the people that they had lost to HIV and AIDS over the course of the year previous. So it, it, it's, a, it's a meaningful, meaningful mm-hmm. uh, celebration there. This year it had extra weight to it because of all the, 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 the serial killing stuff, right. You know, that had <laughs> gone on and the extra victims. And so, so Sean went and did a tree planting and, 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 you know, spoke a little bit and, and, so that we we were uh, allowed to film there for that. So and that was really you're you're right. It's it's an amazing part of the film. It 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 really touched me a lot. It touched me, and it was the what it said was healing, empathy, understanding, love, and peace, um, which so Got important it. in our life for <laughs> everyone to have, honestly. And um, it made me happy to see that that was done because I feel like. There still has to be so much healing for you to go through. Music helps. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, what helps? And the music helps. The music helps. The music, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the music is so important. You know that. And there were flowers with victims' faces and the biography of each that victim, was, correct? Yeah. So that, was, uh, that, was, uh, that was one of my cathartic moments. For you and, uh, and it felt uh, like it's uh, i could let some stuff go mm. but i still have i have um well i don't want to call it a list but i have i have a list <laughs> of things that i need to do for myself to be at least at the best place i can be and say that i've done all i can do for the, for the time being to to move move ahead what is that I, list uh, it's personal. Oh, okay. <laughs> <That's> so- <laughs> He's not going to share that. <laughs> um, That's fine. Meeting the roommate was one of them. Like I wanted okay. to find this man. I couldn't get his name from the police. I had no idea how I was going to find. Right. It was, the, it was the fact that the documentary put the trailer online on that date that got him to get in touch with him. So again, these little things that had to line up to to get the outcome that. I was very, very lucky. <clears throat> yeah, we said that wasn't a needle in a haystack. That was a needle in a hay field. <laughs> that is so great. Now, how many awards have you guys won? Because I know you have won several, right? Yeah, we 
37 or something. 51. 51. Wow. I know. It's pretty crazy. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. It's been a film festival all over the world. So it's, it's, it's been amazing. Uh, in India, especially, they've, they've really taken to it. Like, I mean, we've, get, we've gotten more awards from Indian film festivals than we have from anywhere else. Huge wow. response from India. And in India and um, uh, Turkey were important because two of the victims came, uh, more than two, more than two we've got came two, from those yeah. countries. Wow. So we, we kind of focused it out here to make sure we did it right and mm-hmm. that we didn't offend anybody. You know, even the first run through, we didn't have, um, that was my oversight. And when I showed it to Sean and Stephen, Scott, the investor, they also, Billy, got to put their names at the beginning of the documentary for mm. respect. And so, you, you know, we kind of tried it out, North America, a few other, um, like Australia, just kind of make sure we had it all right. And then we went into the Middle East and did Istanbul um, and about, wow, seven or eight festivals in India. And they have loved it. And we've done some podcasts over there and we're s- surprised at how well it's received. And um, what is your biggest dream for this documentary? Biggest dream for the documentary? Yes. Because the doc, of course, from a producer standpoint, like, I'm, you know, we're finding out tomorrow if we're nominated at, at Hong Kong, if we get that uh, nod, you could get a nomination for an Academy Award, which is like oh. the holy grail for a filmmaker, yes. I suppose. Right. Um, But on a personal note, it was just to make sure that our friend was totally healed and taken care of. And, you know, just I can many days uh, he would be off. And I mean, even when the day we filmed up at um, first Bruce's apartment and outside, you know, on there we're checking and, you know, it was like, are you okay? And I said, are you ready for this? You know, these are big moments. And he was fine as soon as we got him out of the vehicle and he looked up. That was it. it. Brought it all back, and he he made it very clear that we had to leave. Shut filming down at that. <laughs> and I wasn't used to the camera in my face yet because it was the first day, and I was like, "No, you don't understand. We have to leave now." <laughs> so, we always made sure that Sean knew that. Like there was times, there was one guy. It happened at Cedars, and he was. You no, know, we had a tree planting ceremony with the interviews that day uh, on that whole Labor Day weekend, um, and just you know getting from Toronto over to Hamilton. It was a, a, a You know, in a 33-foot RV was a bit of a chore, okay, to say the least. So once we got in there and settled, people wanting him to come out and meet. And, you know, I'm very protective. We were all protective of Sean and just making sure, you know, at any point in time, you don't feel comfortable, we pull out and I will hit the brakes faster than an emergency. So it was, um, you know, we had people wanting to get at him and talk to him and bring him out. And I, I just didn't allow it. And he heard me go the one, he said, I'm not worried about anything. Billy got it. <laughs> like, you know, we watched him and we made sure his heart was in the right place. He was emotionally ready. You know, we had a podcast. Uh, it was the last one that we had done and we had to kind of put it before here. Um, it just was a rough day. And I said, are you feeling up for this right now? And he said, sure. You know, I, I, I can do it. <laughs> I could do it. And I said, I don't hear that in your voice. I said, are you totally ready to talk about your encounter with the serial killer? Are you gonna? He said, okay, you can cancel it. And he was trying to be nice and not let me. I also had COVID at the time. So I was so really oh, so, yeah, yeah. We, we had to, but we put Sean first, make sure that, you know, that was it. That was the whole drive. So two, I'd sure love a nomination for that on the person on the profession side, but personally, I, I can't be happier to see what's come out of this. 
as for me, it was just I wanted my story heard because I was being not getting my day in court, so to speak. I wanted I, I was I felt very lost after that, and I, I, there was no record of my crime. My charges oh, wow. were brought forward, and um, so I just wanted it to say, "Hey, I I, I matter." Oh, you do you matter. Yeah. Do. <laughs> Almost definitely. And you are here for a reason. I mean, you have. You've cheated. survived a lot. Yes. Yeah. It, it, like those old time, <laughs> Timex commercials. They yeah. take a lick and keep on ticking. Keep on ticking. Hello. Yeah. Now, um, I know Billy told me that you guys filmed this during the pandemic with no sound and no lighting during the narratives, correct? For the narratives, yeah, because we had finished filming about January, February, March. We were just kind of tightening up a few things, getting the trailer out there. And then we had to kind of do the narratives. And Tammy was going to be originally doing them with Brian, I got a guy that works out with us, and he did our voiceovers for some of the stuff. They were going to do narratives, male and female. We were kind of going to break it down, but they got isolated in the Sioux which is about eight hours north of Toronto. Flights were canceled. Everything was shut down. So we were in lockdown. And Craig just said one day, Billy, you're going to have to do this. And I'm like, what come you not? No, I'm on this side of the camera, not that side. So he just said, you know the story and kind of played the director's card. And they, Tammy and all of them kind of pushed. And so it took about eight. I live in a one-room studio about the size of this desk. And so... <laughs> I remember, you know, you take it for granted when everyone's there. I never had to worry about, you know, shadows. It looked like I had a, a big spider crawling across my face <laughs> the first time I did my uh, narratives. And so it took about eight hours to figure out best sound, best lighting. And I had a, you know, one window. So it was sunlight only. And oh, yeah, it was a hot mess. But that went from March, April, May. And we were trying to get it ready for our submission to TIFF. And we were within minutes. We were down, down to the wire. You get it done. For sure. <laughs> well, yeah. Seconds. yeah, it was, it was pretty the, tight. For, for the music, you called me, what, 36 <laughs> hours before the, before the deadline? And said, oh, my oh, God. God. Get, get but you we guys got it done. And yeah. he's amazing. We have such an incredible, talented crew that he delivered yeah. when Craig really. asked. And it was, like, fast. <laughs> So, Craig and Tammy, what would you say was the most challenging part about making this? Uh, the most challenging part for me was um, not to make the story sensational um, about Bruce MacArthur. Mm. Um, I, you know, we had to respect Sean's um, desire not to focus on him, which is kind of hard because the whole story kind of starts with Bruce MacArthur. And, I mean, what affected Sean was Bruce MacArthur. So how do you tell a story without, without bringing that up? And I think we did that. I think we, what, what I tried to focus on was the, the Bruce MacArthur story where we let or where kind of um, he was found guilty or that's where the story started. And, and that was another challenge for me was where do we start the story? You know, cause there's, there's several different angles of where to start the story. Go. So, we decided as a group to, to start it, you know, basically when Bruce MacArthur was found guilty and then we did a little back backstory about why he was guilty. And then we, we shifted it over to Sean's healing story. Sean's healing story. That's my so it's very hard for me to not make it sensational because I work in news and news is all about sensation these days. 
And um, we had to kind of tone it down in that regard, but but also up Sean's story and, and make sure that Sean's story was the key story being told. You guys did an amazing job with with and that. Emotional, sure. yeah, I think I think it's a very emotional documentary, and 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 uh, that's thanks in large part to Craig's you know direction. I think it worked, it worked really well. Well, and for me, I try when you ask like most difficult. I, I didn't look at the project as a difficult one. I looked at it as a journey. And I have to say, I've known Billy since he was 13. And I knew with his leadership, everything that he said would happen, would happen. So that takes a lot of stress off anybody <laughs> that's working under him. Um, we did have, you know, a few issues when we were working on the trailer and that all got resolved and that was <laughs> bump in the road. Um, but I would say for me, pers- on a personal level, most difficult was listening to Sean in a story and not crying every time mm-hmm. I was on set and, you know, holding back my emotions so we could get through each day. And there was one day where I had to stop a few times because I was, I couldn't stop crying because to really hear about an actual person sitting in front of you that met Canada's most notorious serial killer. Um, that's a pretty tough thing to sit there. And he was sitting, he was laying in a hospital bed when we were trying to shoot that. And so right. that was also. And yeah, so the emotion behind it for the person that went through this, I would say that was probably the most difficult. Work-wise though, I gifted with such wonderful people. That was more, that was easy, but Sean will always have a special place in my heart because of his story. And he's just such an amazing individual with a kind giving heart that I'm really sorry that this happened to him. And that was hard to take, especially as a mother thinking about my own children going through something like that. It would be horrifying. I was just going to ask about Sean's mom. How is she doing? How is she doing? She's doing great. <laughs> <laughs> she, it was, it was difficult to get her to be involved in it. She wasn't sure she wanted to. And, um, and we had to kind of, you know, um, nice her into it. Um, but, but in the end, I think she did a great, she did a great job. Like her interview was amazing. It was. And, um, and, but yeah, she, I think she, you know, she just, it, it, it hurts her to hear the story every time. Like she, you know, I mean, it's just, she doesn't, she doesn't like it an awful lot because it's, you know, it, it's, it's her son. Right. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, it was, I think, I think it was tougher for her than she's let on. She's, she's okay though. That's- yeah. The reason I turned to him is I've been in the throes of the book. I'm up against the deadline. I have like one week left. And um, so I'm, that you know, the, the I, I, couldn't, I couldn't talk to my mother when I was in that mode and switch gears that fast. Cause um, my mother and I have a history of, of grinding gears, I guess. And so I, uh, I just said, can you call her? Because I don't want her not to get a weekly phone call, but I cannot talk to her right now. <laughs> <laughs> but so he did. He was her favorite son. That's so sweet. Now, um, Craig and Tammy, what is the most rewarding? I already know, but <laughs> tell us what in... Around the world has been amazing. Um, as far as I was concerned, I was happy when we did the final edit and we, I, you know, I was done my part. I was very happy with the project. Um, all this other stuff is just gravy. It's just uh, been amazing how well received it's, it's, it's gotten. 
and rewarding for me, uh, other than some of the awards that are sitting here, is that Sean was able to do some healing through the process of the oh, documentary. Sure. And that to me was the best reward I could ever ask for. And your own cities, like in your own country and in your own cities, how is it uh, how is it there? How is how do people um look at it? Well, we've, we've kind of kept it kind of low here in the zoo. Uh, we haven't really played it up a lot. I mean, people who share our Facebook pages and they, they see the awards and, and how proud we are of this project, but we've kind of kept it uh, a lid on it uh, right now. Cause like I say, we're, we're, we're kind of still in festival mode and stuff like that. We don't have a release date yet. So, I mean, once, once we have the release date set and where people can watch it, I, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, PR locally. Uh, I work in television. I work uh, on a streaming television station here in the Sioux and um, you know, we pump it out a little bit <laughs> and um, we will when, when we get a release date. COVID really uh, changed the way yeah. a lot of it was going to be handled at the, in, at the end because he just brought me to a place where you healed me and now it was time to start coming out of my shell and get back into the world. And then I was told by the government I had to stay inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like, uh, start and stop. Yeah. So, um, but I'm, uh, I'm, I think uh, for the most part, people are, 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 are very, uh, they haven't seen me in so long because uh, it's, I've been in lockdown basically three years for that. And then uh, like, uh, before that, I had um, a, a different traumatic event happen that I was just getting over when I stumbled into this one. So um, it's been about five years of social isolating, but most of it self self induced. Um, I can't go into the other one. Signed in non disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you are also a citizen of Ireland. Is that correct? Yes. And. Um, do you really? Uh, I read that sometime you might want to move there. Is that still on the table, or have you changed your mind? Well, yeah, we were talking about it. It's just because I wanted to do Ireland and he wanted to do his hometown, but both have horrible winter climates. So <laughs> we kind of want to get we're, we're kind of hopefully it will be successful enough we can get a summer home. It's warmer. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can go down to Texas. Yeah. I was it's just down there. It's <laughs> Come on down, y'all. It gets very okay. hot. It gets so <laughs> nice and warm. That's why I am here because Austria was too cold for me. I didn't want to live there anymore. It's so nice here. You need to come oh, visit. Beautiful there. I've been to Texas. I've been to Texas in July. Uh, that was very it's hot. very hot. <laughs> <laughs> it is very hot. I wanted to give each of you the opportunity to please tell us something that I didn't ask that ha we haven't said. I want you to get talk about what we have missed because I want every one of you to get your word in. Okay, so <laughs> I think as far, you probably covered it all. How about that, darling? <laughs> you know, this makes it easy for us. But I think um, outside of this story where Sean, you know, survived the... Uh, encounter with a serial killer you know we're looking at it always differently because it's a personal thing for us we've been friends for a quarter of a century so it's going to change the game i think what i see from the doc and what uh, um strikes me as something that stands out is the story he tells about coming out and when he talks about his dad 
and that remark that was made, I don't want to give a spoiler alert right now, but y'all know what I'm saying, I think. Um, that punched me right in the face. You know, I'm a gay guy who came out my, I didn't speak with my parents for six years. It wasn't a very good gig. Um, so the messages on top of, you know, everything else you've gone through and hearing that side of the struggle makes me understand Sean better for the fighter that he is and the strong soul that I know him to possess. So I see a little more to that. You know, I've known him well, but a few more things got filled in for me and I see that that's part of his character. So I found that very enlightening and, and felt a little closer to the whole story after that in New Zealand. Me? Um, Let's go with Steven. Um, no, I, I mean, you... Um, I'm, three of the awards were uh, best original score. Oh, oh congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I've been a composer for a number of years. Um, and, you know, it, you, you, my mother was right. You don't make any money in music. So it's not like, you know, it's not like I could do that for a living. Um, but um, but it was it was just it was an opportunity for me to to write some stuff that, 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 um, you know, had a lot of feeling to it because, because of course being involved in the whole process, you know, on more than a professional level, I think it was, it, it, it informed the music a lot. So, um, we're going to be doing a, a, a soundtrack album and all that stuff too afterwards. So, so, um, hopefully, you know, hopefully that'll, that'll do well. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just glad he's here yeah. and, yes. and, and, uh, and, and doing okay. I, I, I think for me, uh, just getting to know uh, Sean and Steve and, and the rest of the crew in Toronto during this whole process has been very rewarding for me. We've only met like face to face, like like really said, eight or eight or nine times, but I, I feel like I know them quite well, probably because I, I that's all I saw for four months was their thing <laughs> while, while I was editing it. But um, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm looking at retirement soon and. To work on this project and have it be so successful, it's just like a, a crown on my career. And I got to thank Billy for that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been very rewarding working on this for me. You're going to make me cry. I know. Me so too. Sweet. <laughs> um, for me, I have just as he was doing, what was in my mind is for me, there's four, four letters and it's L O V E. And you know what? I just want people to know that Sean's a human being. And prior to this, he was a, a teacher. His students loved him. And there's a little wee something that I hand Sean at the end, and it says love. And I want people to know that everyone deserves love, respect, and kindness. And Sean certainly has taught me through this. I've always known about love. But you can love anybody. It doesn't matter what race they are or nothing. It's all about the person, mm -hmm. their heart and about caring. And so to me, I want, and it's obvious through India and all the awards that we've won that he's shining now. And there's other people that are caring for him and loving him. And I just want people to know that in life, love is probably the most important thing in my opinion to give people that no matter what, and don't have an opinion when you don't know the person mm -hmm. and you haven't walked in their shoes. And um, I absolutely love the whole entire crew. Each one of us just click. 
And I'm really, really grateful for this. But please remember to always think about love and care about one another. See, she is the nice one. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Sean, um, your turn. <laughs> okay, so um, I have to bring it back to the eight men who passed away because um, it's um, for me. Oh God, no! I'm going to lose it. <laughs> I, 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 people kept saying you're safe for a purpose, you're safe for a purpose, but I was no more valuable or less valuable than those men. I was just very lucky. It's since I decided not to take that luck for granted and I'm doing something with it. That's where I found the purpose. But um, those men propelled me to get up every day because I was given a gift they weren't given and I had to go on and make a, a quality all the decisions with that that's it masala you have any questions amen john no i i feel like it was amazing i feel like i asked some of mine but i love what everybody just said honestly at the end of all of it i thought that was amazing miss polly you have any marcella we're coming down to visit you guys you know that eh? yeah i can't wait come fast hurry i wanted to extend this invitation to all of you i we would love to have you here and we would love to host you and and show you around and yes have you in our state and and get to hug you guys yeah i know we would love that <laughs> that's for sure yeah when covid wow. is over we really need to plan this it would be amazing no, uh, i just want yeah, to yeah, say yeah. thank you and um my biggest thing from all of this is to really the awareness of the dating apps and how to be safe that is whether you're in the BDSM world or you're just an average Joe on Tinder. And that's so important because the world that we live in now, it's a very different world than it was 30 years ago. It's a little scary. It's a little scary. Yeah. It's not as safe. Well, I cannot thank you guys enough. We hope we have done you proud. We're going to... Um, Marcella is the social media. Um, uh, she will she will try to make clips and and all the things that she does so well. So we try to get the story out more and bigger and better than to reach more Do and more people. You need any music, or you can talk to all, all that. I I will ask probably for sure. I'll need yeah. some music. Yes, we can always okay. use. I'm going to do my little happy excited dance because we were thrilled for this podcast. I mean, two weeks ago when we had to reschedule with y'all, like we were excited to get. And we're glad that you were safe. And we're yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for coming, like for doing it again. Yes, thank you, and for thank you, you for And we'll do it again anytime you want. Yes, yes. please, <laughs> and I hope you get that nomination. Not that you want. Yes, keep, us we'll keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. Thank you guys so much. You awesome. Now you. you're you're Bye. part of our family. Yes, forever. Hey, you're stuck with us. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you today. guys so it. much. Probably that's so nice of you to let us stay at your place. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I mean it. She means it, really. <laughs> you you're re really really welcome. Please come. I want you to take me up on it when when we're allowed to travel again. This is just yes. so crazy. <laughs> you can, and anytime you get north of the border, y'all have places. To I anything. love Canada. <laughs> <laughs> what what did you say, Tammy? 
I said 100%. Yeah. <laughs> we will do it. Thank you guys Thank so you much. So Have much. a wonderful day. Oh, Thank Take you. Take care. Hugs and kisses. Thank you. <laughs> if you like our show, you can follow us on all social media handles. To Posh Podcast is on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as Two Posh Boutique is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And my personal Instagram is Gabby Talks, and my Facebook is Gabrielle Kendler Gilmore. So reach out to us, and here's Marcella's social media handle. Also, our podcast is on all podcast networks um, that you can find. I you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat at Marcella Ranieri. Nothing really creative. My first and last name, name M-A-R-C-E-L-L-A-R-A-N-E-R-I. You can find me on Facebook at Bernie Diamond, or you can find follow me on Instagram at underscore Bernie underscore Diamond, and there you go. And Two Posh Podcast is also on YouTube. We have our own YouTube yes. channel. Miss Polly? <clears throat> yes, you can follow me on Instagram at PR by Polly. My Twitter handle is Miss Polly Sex EDU. Hey. Beautiful, everyone. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our channel. Subscribe to podcasts YouTube. and YouTube. You can see us all. Uh, yeah, and and you, everyone have a wonderful day. Uh-huh.